it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not roughing up CNN reporters. CNN is the worst. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis essentially telling them so after they tried to criticize the hurricane response down in Lee County. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. All kinds of political pugilism ensuing also after Kamala Harris saying hurricane relief should focus on minority communities first. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's always stupid with Kamala, and we will discuss it with Joe Concha. Superstar media reporter at the Hill Fox News contributor. Kentucky Representative James Comer is going to be here as well as your fine self at 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this Monday, and it's an especially big Monday. Uh, We'll get into that in a second, but you could be a Republican on the show. You could be a Libertarian. You could be a Democrat. You could be anything you want. You could identify as a hamster. Okay, we really don't care. All we ask is that you don't be a... So as we kick off the week really quick, it is a big Monday for the show because we're going back on the road. Fox Across America will be heading back across America. We're going down to the 405. We're going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma Friday doing the show live from KRMG Studios. If you didn't get tickets to the meet and greet at the Cape Brewing Company, use the KRMG app. Check it out. Come hang out with your radio buddy. And Saturday night really quick, uh, October the 8th, we will be at the Chisholm Trail Expo Center. That's a 7 o'clock show in conjunction with our buddies over at 96.9 The Eagle. If you didn't get tickets to the stand-up show, it is TicketStorm.com. And one last update, uh, Lincoln Fela and the mighty Clark Rams walking away with a 40-16 to 16 victory. We made some money on that one. Oh, girl. So the Rams now 4-0 and oh on the season. And the link man, we're making arrangements because it's almost like superstition now. He's going to call into the show while I'm down in Oklahoma on Friday so we can get a preview of the next game. I I would imagine at this point some of you guys are actually betting these games. I mean, I know I am. (laughs) This is not not parent-child love. Uh, I got bills to pay, man. I live in New York City. It is pricey, and it's only getting pricier. So congratulations uh, to everybody who took the Rams and laid the nine-and-a-half points. It was a big win. Uh, The media, on the other hand, losing its matchup. Against Ron DeSantis. And I want to start here because I talked about this all last week. People on the left obviously see Ron DeSantis as a 2024 presidential candidate. Obviously, everyone on the right does as well. Uh, he's done a better job of running his state than any other leader anywhere. I mean, that, that would have to include Donald Trump, uh, you know, if we're being fair about this. A lot of the things Trump's screaming about, like, oh, the Fauci's and the mandates, DeSantis actually didn't follow the orders. Okay, DeSantis did not lock down. He did not keep kids home. He did not go along with mandates. Now, to Trump's credit, obviously, he didn't either. 
Uh, but he did take a lot of Fauci advice along the way, and uh, it might have just cost him the presidency. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Now, to be clear, there was you know also the small matter of a lot of chicanery in the election and Lord knows what else. But I don't want to get distracted. The point is the media sees Ron DeSantis as a 2024 favorite. Okay, and they spent all of last week finding creative ways to try and use this storm as a means of making DeSantis look bad. What did they say at the beginning of the week when the storm hadn't yet hit? Oh, climate change. This guy doesn't even believe in climate change. And now he's got a hurricane coming his way as if hurricanes had never happened before what they want you to believe is climate change. You don't have a lot of data on this. Okay, if you remember last week, the National Hurricane Director flat out told, flat out told Don Lemon that this storm had nothing to do with climate change. And Don Lemon, with the guy right there on the air, insisted that it did. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. So the point is they've been looking for this angle of attack. Okay, well, he, he brought on the storm. He could have voted for climate change. What do you mean? Okay, they're looking for some type of a way they can smear this guy. They can kind of hang a Katrina on Ron DeSantis. This is a bad storm made worse by the mismanagement in the governor's mansion. There's like a political bloodlust. And when they weren't slandering him on climate change, okay, they're now slandering him on what? They're claiming he could have did a better job of issuing evacuation orders. Never mind that no one's making that claim other than the idiots in the media. And what's noteworthy here is that when DeSantis is asked the question— And this is what he is so uniquely good at. Okay, Ron DeSantis is a very disciplined counterpuncher. He knows what the media's game is. They're here to make him look bad. So he's not going to commit an unforced error and start a fight about something trivial or insult somebody in a weird way that makes the conversation about how he's addressing female reporters or anything in between. No, he hits back with the actual facts. The media wants to know why he wasn't prioritizing one place. When all of them were also in another, why? Because that's what the weather reports had indicated. Let's hear it in DeSantis's words. This is clip 10. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry stationed uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. And do you get what that exchange is? Okay. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have the mandatory evacuation? Because the argument here is they're trying to create the perception that one county could have been given an evacuation order, okay, a day earlier. But understand, okay, a day earlier, all of the reporting by the media, including CNN, by the weather channels, Okay, by all of the meteorologists said the storm was going to be hitting somewhere closer to Tampa. Correct the mundo. Okay, so when the storm 48 hours later goes in a different direction than they had all anticipated, yeah, it looks pretty easy to say, hey, maybe you should have hit that county too. Okay, but at the time, they didn't have any of that information. So you understand this is them. Okay, post hurricane trying to insert some type of mismanagement charge where it doesn't belong. The media is a bunch of losers. And I wanted to highlight DeSantis for calling that out because that's fake. 
Okay, that's a fake allegation. It's a fake charge. Okay, but we had something real happen over the weekend as well. Kamala Harris was speaking in regards to the storm and told people that we should be, as she dipped into the bag of social justice word salad terms, we should be prioritizing things like equity when it comes to distributing storm aid. Are you stupid or something? I think we all know the answer, but here it is, clip eight. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And, and so women. we absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities. Get her out. Get her out of here. I mean, she's weapons grade stupid. And I'm not saying that because of her race or her gender. I'm saying that why? Because she's weapons grade stupid. Okay, it's my favorite thing about people defending Kamala Harris. They always say, oh, she's polling low because the Republicans don't like her because she's a woman. She's a black woman. That's why they're the Republicans. They don't like Kamala Harris. Go race her. <laughs> Let me just jump in, okay? Kamala Harris ran for president in 2020, and she was polling at 1% with Democratic voters at the time she bowed out of the sweepstakes. So if we're all a bunch of racist misogynists for not liking her as our vice president, what were the Democrats, 99 percent of whom didn't want her anywhere near the office? I think he's got a point. Okay, the reason they didn't want her near the office is not because they're racist or misogynists. It's because Kamala Harris, are you ready for it? She sucks at the gig. Bingo. She's in a place where she is so uniquely overmatched for the position she happens to be in at the peril of all of us. Okay, she only knows how to speak in social justice, word, salad, grab bag terms. That answer she gives could have been the answer to literally any question she was asked. What do you think about this border situation? Well, it's our lowest income communities, communities of color most impacted by the conditions. And uh, it's not their own making. We have to address this in a way that's about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we fight for equality. But we also have to fight for equity. Never mind. This is all crap. There's no way to me measure equity. It's not a real deliverable that will improve the quality of anybody's life. It's just a way for Democrats to talk as if they have empathetic solutions in mind. He knows what he's talking about. But Kamala has no idea what she's talking about. Okay, and understand, that would be racist. The government can't say, all right, we need storm aid, about $100 billion worth. Black people first. Okay, Latinos for white people last. Just frame it the other way. Imagine a vice president gets up there and like, we need storm aid, white people first. Okay, they would be rioting in the streets and they should be rioting in the streets. Why? Because it's racist. But understand, Kamala Harris doesn't mean this. She's just an idiot. She doesn't know what she's talking about. So when you ask her a question, she's very unsure of herself. And I'm telling you this honestly. I'm not telling you this like a Republican, some you know Fox News strongman trying to slander the Democrats. There is a part of me that genuinely feels for this woman because we all know she's in over her head. She knows she's in over her head. She is in a spiral where she's so unsure of herself. Okay, she lacks 
confidence as a public speaker on a level in which I've never witnessed before. Okay, it's horrifying. Okay, when she gets out there and it's time to get going because we got to do what we got to do, and that time is every day, it's just word salad. She's an idiot. Okay, here's Byron Donalds, Florida representative who gave us a few minutes last week as his district was getting crushed to try to spread the word on how to donate and how to help people evacuate. Here he is responding to Kamala's equity comments, clip nine. Listen, I just I couldn't disagree more with the vice president. Now is not the time to be talking about who gets what based upon where you started. It's about helping people, making sure they get the resources they need as quickly to them as quickly as possible, helping them recover as quickly as possible. That's what matters. That other stuff can wait for another day. Um, obviously, we're going to have elections about that stuff in, a, in about a month or so. But right now, it's about getting aid to people and getting the recovery process started here in Southwest Florida. I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, frankly, I just shook my head through that entire comment. And basically, you know, what he's saying is Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> OK, here's where we stand. OK, this is a historic flood. OK, it's a historic storm. So far as we know, 44 people have died, two and a half million people living without power at various times during the storm response. Okay, you got Kamala talking about equity as if that has anything to do with anything. Mother nature or birthing person nature, as the Democrats call it, was not hitting homes based on your race. It wasn't like, I think I'll blow the wind down this black street, but leave the white one. No, just people lost their homes. It's a state that is really struggling to get back on its feet in this moment. And what we learn over the weekend is that, you know, Republicans like Ron DeSantis are trying to recover from a storm. Democrats are trying to recover from low poll numbers that are going to hand them a historic ass whooping in the midterms, one that is rightfully deserved based on weapons grade stupidity like this. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry station uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. <laughs> did you can show me, you can show me immediate montages of DeSantis counterpunching reporters all day. It's the funniest thing in the world. Give him credit for that. He knows the game and does not commit unforced errors. Everybody in the world, in the media, was in Tampa because we expected it to be the epicenter of the storm. Okay, so much so that if you're listening on WHBO, uh, you can ask anybody at the station how many times I reached out early last week because I was horrified that I thought you guys were all going to get washed away. Now, okay, fortunately for Tampa, but unfortunately for obvious other parts of the state, the storm hit, the cone of the storm went where it did, which was uh, a little bit beyond what the media had anticipated. So when they came after DeSantis for like, oh, you should have evacuated Lee County sooner. You're the lowest form of life on earth. 
this is a man trying to lead a historic storm recovery, talking to a reporter who is trying to stir up a controversy uh, where there isn't one. That's not right. Okay, obviously she wasn't alone in doing so. Let me give you Bill Nye, the science guy, a bow-tied jackass. Okay, he's on CNN. They're trying to take exception to what Tucker posted last week. So Tucker, okay, who doesn't need my help defending himself, but I like to promote his show. It's always good to get them a ratings bounce from one of the bigger named programs. Uh, Tucker showed the data on hurricanes and the fact that they weren't intensifying uh, and the fact that there was no evidence to back up climate change causing this storm, nor was there any evidence to support all, all of this media hysteria about how the right wing people are getting us all killed because of climate change. Tucker used data. Bill Nye responds to his data. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Bill Nye just pounds the table on cut it out. We all know it's true. Like, this is a Millie Vanilli song. Girl, you know it's true. It's insanity. But why are they doing this again? Because they can't even let the storm recovery ensue without trying to score political points, without trying to sell self-righteousness to somebody, because that's what they do on these channels. They get on the air every day and tell a lot of lousy people that they're better than somebody else. That's most of the M.O. if you're watching Don Lemon or any of these other shows. Here it is, clip 11. I just yeah. want to ask conservative lawmakers to cut it out. I understand that you want to get reelected. I understand that you have this primary system which motivates you to get these, these hardcore conservative voters uh, engaged. But look, you've just, just cut it out. And so last night on, on a competitive network, conservative network, uh, an infamous, uh, notorious... Uh, host showed this graph and cherry it this graph is cherry picking the hurricane data saying it had to be it had to make landfall in the Atlantic seaboard it had to have it, it, ha it had to come ashore and it had to have a certain the, these data it's not an out and out lie but it is absolutely misleading mm. and I just asking everybody on the other side to cut it out I mean well that's the dumbest thing I've heard of Get out of here and take your mother with you. I mean, really think about that. It's the data. It's not an out-and-out -out lie, but it's misleading. What is it misleading from? Are you ready for it? Okay. It's misleading you away from this false narrative that Democrats are selling. Oh, wow. Does Bill Nye come back with any counter data? The answer would be no. Does he come back with any, this is why it's wrong and this is the data you should use? The answer would be no. Of course not, because all they have is emotion, and that's what they continue to sell. The people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America, and I am Jimmy Fallon. It's like a whole to-do. But we're banging out the show today with a little help from James Comer, superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky. Joe Concha is going to be here as well. Joe Concha has a book out uh, about how horribly the Biden presidency is going. Come on, man. We'll get into that later. But right now, the theme in this first hour has been 
clapping back with facts has been counterpunching against the media. I do have some Biden stuff to get into really quickly, but I wanted to play this Carrie Lake clip really quickly. Okay, she is, of course, running for governor in Arizona. I do believe she's scheduled to come on the show this week. Mikey, is that a thing? Are we still a that's a thing? Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Okay, well, how about that? So you might hear your Arizona Arizona gubernatorial candidate right here on the show tomorrow. Uh, but she was asked yesterday about her stance on abortion. And this is a clinic. This is the DeSantis school. Okay, this is the new Republican Party. The people who are going to lead this party into the future are the ones that are going to read the media their truth, refuse to stand by and get slandered and call out the obvious facts that put the questioner in the wrong. So here is Carrie Lake. Uh, This is, I believe, clip 27. Abortion is effectively banned in the state right now. Tell me, do you, is that something that you support? I support saving as many lives as possible. And what I really want to know, and I've been waiting, I tune into you guys all the time. I want to know where Katie Hobbs stands, but I never hear you guys ask for that. I'm pro-life. My plan would be that every woman who walks into an abortion clinic know that there are options out there. They don't have to choose that. There's families who would love to adopt a baby. And right now, the way it's been going, they go in and they they only have one option. Nobody tells them that there's other options. We want to help our women. If they're afraid, we want to help them. We want to give women health care. And I want to help people. But I really challenge you, and I'm I'm happy to get back to you on this, when you find out where Katie Hobbs stands, because let me tell you where she stands. She supports abortion right up until birth and after birth. She supports if a baby survives a botched abortion, that that baby die on a cold metal tray. And none of you ever try to get her to talk about her stance. So get back to me after you do. (laughs) You suck, you jackass. Is essentially what she's saying to that reporter. Understand, okay, they're trying to vilify the Republican here. Hey, your state essentially has an abortion ban. Do you support that? Okay, they're trying to make the Republicans the barbaric side of the abortion debate. When the Democrats, do you understand, support abortion up until birth. Support aborting a baby that survives an abortion, you understand. A botched abortion, an attempt to kill a baby. Okay, if the baby somehow survives a botched abortion, the Democrats are in favor of continuing to kill the baby. What the hell is the world coming to? Dude, it's barbaric. It's disgusting. And the fact that she's willing to call them out on this, fly right into the storm. Understand, these people have nothing. What the Democrats have in this moment. Okay, I'm not talking to you as a Republican. I don't do a political talk show. I do a sports talk radio show. I will tell you who's winning. I will tell you who's losing. I will tell you why. It's not my job to tell you how to vote. It's not my job to steer our democracy. I am a 44-year-old man who plays video games, okay? You see me on TV every day, barely fitting into my clothes, so much so now that Fox has hired that guy to follow me around and knock the food out of my hand. Put that cookie down now! But the point is, the Democrats have tried to sell this abortion battle as a war on women when, in fact, it's a war on babies. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Their position is barbaric. There's nobody on the Republican Party saying you can't use contraception, can't use the pill, can't use the morning after pill, okay? You can't abstain from having sex. There's nobody saying any of those things, okay? (laughs) They're giving you plenty of options. Okay, the Democrats 
aren't giving any option or room for negotiation. We want to be able to kill a baby as far into the pregnancy as we want because, I don't know, something about empowerment. Believe me, it is not empowering to have to live with the emotional trauma of knowing you did that to a baby that was viable beyond the mom. And they might be making you feel like this is a good thing for you. I promise you it's not a good thing for you. Okay, but again, I'm not here to steer. I'm just here to tell you the Democrats don't have right in this battle. Okay, and the fact that they keep trying to vilify the Republicans when they themselves are doing something that is barbaric. Okay, something that history will judge as barbaric, as a human rights atrocity. Okay, that is the abortion argument we're having. But the Democrats get their way nine times out of ten through nothing more than blame and shame. Not because the science supports what they're blaming and shaming you for but because it's a powerful asset when you have the entirety of the media behind you selling the world on the notion that the position you've taken is true. Do you remember vaccines? Do you remember like when they were telling you, you know, you had to get the vaccine? It wasn't about you. It wasn't about you getting the vaccine. Shut up with your freedom. No, the vaccine. Okay. The real thing is you were getting it because of everybody else. Because if you didn't get vaccinated, you could still get COVID. And then you'd wind up killing somebody else. But if you get vaccinated, you can't get COVID. Okay, now as we know, we've had literally millions of vaccinated people get COVID. We have had literally, okay, thousands of lawmakers vaxxed and boosted get COVID. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Dr. Fauci, what do they all have in common? They're vaxxed and boosted. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And you know what else happened? They all got COVID twice, twice, not once, twice. But these are the arguments. The Democrats rely on social pressure, okay? And I bring this up, why? Because over the weekend, and this is what I talked about in America's Newsroom today with Bill Hemmer, Julie Banderas. It's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. If you didn't see it, uh, I wore a nice, a nice sweet navy blue uh, look. Uh, if you want to see your buddy, trying to create an optical illusion. That's what I do when I'm fat on TV. If you match the color to your eyes, it contours your face a little bit and you don't look as bad as you normally would. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Well, they don't say that. They don't say that if I'm wearing the blue. You could distract him a little bit. But over the weekend, Joe Biden was bragging because he thanked a Coast Guard rescuer. Okay, we had a hero, uh, Zach Lees. Zach Lees saved four people's lives over the weekend, he's, co- he's from the Coast Guard, saved four lives. Biden called him up to congratulate him for saving four lives. But dig this. He's about to get fired. He's about to get fired this week. Why? Because he doesn't have the vaccine. This is total crap. Think about that. He's unvaccinated. He is in line to be fired this week because of Biden's vaccine mandate. We're firing people who protect us from things far more lethal than COVID. COVID is a virus that 99.9% of the people who get it will beat. I'm not trying to minimize anybody's suffering. I know people who died from it. So I'm not here to tell you it's a hoax and it's not a thing, but I am here to tell you the fear is overblown. Why? Because they made a lot of money off that fear. News networks got ratings. Pharmaceutical companies got money. Okay, guys like Fauci somehow exploded their personal net worth by five million dollars during the pandemic. He should be behind bars. Okay, well, right now, okay, a lot of people who would throw people behind bars, cops getting fired, losing their jobs because they're not vaccinated. 
Okay, the guy Joe Biden brags about thanking in this in this call right here that I'm about to play you is about to get fired because he's not vaccinated. Here it is, clip seven. I also spoke to aviation survival second class technician, second class, Zach Lesh, who uh, described how difficult the decision is for people to leave everything and come to safety. I told him how proud of him I was and thanked him for all the work he and his coasties are doing to save lives. I'm grateful for the brave women and men, federal, state, and local folks working so hard. They're all working as one team. Hear that from the governor as well as from the federal folks. Biden sucks. Okay, yeah, they're all working as one team. You know who's not working as one team? Uh, This administration. That's true. That is true. These members of the Coast Guard, like Zach Leash, Zach Leash is in line to get fired this week because of the vaccine mandate. A vaccine, by the way, that doesn't stop anybody from getting COVID. Okay, nobody. And do you understand they sold this with the self-righteousness of knowing it did? They claimed it did. They claimed it was justifiable to fire you because you were going to get somebody else COVID. Now, understand. Okay, let me just jump in. A couple of quick things here. Number one, if you think the vaccine works, you don't need to care whether or not the guy next to you is vaccinated because you yourself should already be protected. Correct the mundo. Okay, if you're if you think the vaccine works, what do you care what I do? Okay, but then the argument became, well, we care what you do because you're going to get sick, you're going to clog up the emergency room. And that's why we care. But understand. Okay, just so we're all on the same page here. Okay? We were sold initially you couldn't get the virus if you were vaccinated. Here's the president telling you that. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a, to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people, the the various shots that people are getting now cover that. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Wait, what? You know the guy who said that? He's gotten COVID twice. He has gotten COVID two times. That is correct. Okay, they were lying. And they were using that lie to shame you. Remember this. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them. F*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No. Screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. That was embarrassing. I'll say it again. That was embarrassing. We have to stop coddling these people. Screw you. Screw your freedom. I mean, dude, come on, man. But this is what they do. They sell self-righteousness disguised as fact. Here was Jimmy Kimmel saying it'd be he's fine with unvaccinated people being denied emergency medical care. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices 
about who gets an ICU bed. I don't, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're, that's... How about every one of the losers that's clapping when he says, let him die? I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, that's what we're dealing with here. It's that self-righteousness, that uninformed self-righteousness. Hey, we know better than these people, so they should die. Think about that. That's a guy who fancies himself a comedian. Yes, they're all getting their asses handed to them by Gutfeld, uh, but rightfully so, because they are activists masquerading as comedians. But they don't know what they're talking about. And understand, this vaccine, okay, should not be the grounds for anybody to get fired. Because we live in a country that supposedly has this thing called freedom. Okay, but bigger than that, okay, this is a vaccine that, number one, is not a vaccine. A vaccine stops you from getting the thing you're vaccinated against. You've never heard about 20 million breakthrough mumps cases, measles cases. You've never heard of 20 million breakthrough polio cases. Uh, You want to know why? Because those are actual vaccines. I admire your honesty. This is more of a therapeutic. But the point is, I don't begrudge anybody getting it. But a Coast Guard member, okay, who just saved four lives, wouldn't have been around to save them if this storm happened three days from now. Okay, understand the cops being fired, okay, the people, first responders being laid off around the country. Think of the Canadian truckers who got beat up by the National Guard because that blackface-wearing beta dirtbag Justin Trudeau sent them in to break up their vaccine strike. Every one of those truckers was in the right, scientifically. Okay, but the politicians cracked down on them anyway. And I told you this at the time they mandated the vaccine. This is a violation of your rights, number one. Okay, number two, this isn't being done with controlling the pandemic in mind. This is being done with what in mind? We didn't have any tests on the long-term efficacy of the vaccine. We still don't know how it affects kids, but they're trying to mandate it on them anyway. Okay, Pregnant women, women's menstrual cycles, we're starting to see all kinds of data now that women are having problems. Do you remember months after the pandemic? Excuse me, months after the mandate? Okay, we were told what? That, oh, they're going to conduct a billion-dollar survey to see how it affects women's reproductive rights. Meaning what? Meaning they were mandating it on women without even knowing the answer. Okay, this is reckless. Again, barbaric. These are the idiots, the people who are trying to rule through emotion. Okay, so understand everybody out there trying to get rescued from a hurricane better do it fast because the guys rescuing you are getting laid off in a few days because Joe Biden wanted to push a vaccine to sell self-righteousness to his base and try to boost his poll numbers after he tanked him in Afghanistan. Let Joe tell you how it will be. He'll fire you so easily Cause Joe's the Vax Man Yeah, he's the Vax Man He's vaccinating one and all From young adults and kids real small Cause Joe's the Vaxman. Yeah, he's the Vaxman. If you drive a 
truck trailer that you'll see. If you own a farm, pill that you'll eat. If you're serving food, pill that you'll eat. If you're anti-vax, that will let you choose. Vaxman. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. The main man, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing on a Monday. Been having a grown-up talk so far about feelings over facts. And it's the biggest problem the Democrats have running into the midterms. And Van Jones said as much on CNN. Give him credit. You don't get to compliment them every day. Here it is, clip one. This issue around the gender binary has, has, has taken up way too much space uh, in the public conversation. Uh, I think that people are weary of it. I think that people having to put the she's and the this and that and the pronouns on their, their Zoom... Mm. All of that stuff starts to send a signal, I think, to working-class voters that, that these people are not concerned about the things that affect me every day. <laughs> they're not concerned about inflation. They're not concerned about... Which is not to say you can't be, care about everybody, but there's something that's out of balance. And so I think that when we start sending the cultural signal that we're more concerned about the, the, the pronoun you put on your Zoom call than we are concerned about the fact that you don't have a house or a job, I think the party's off track. I admire your honesty. Give him credit for that because that's exactly what's going on. They're focusing on biology. Everybody else is focused on bills. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are lacing him up for a track meet in this hour. We got a lot to talk about. Kentucky Representative James Comer is coming by. Joe Concha stretching out right now, staying hydrated. He doesn't want to pull a hamstring on the radio. Uh, we got a lot to get into at 888-788-9910. We're talking about opened borders, and we're talking about the closed presidency of Joe Biden, who is about to get sent packing by the Democratic Party. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. A lot of people feel that way. And over the weekend, uh, Bill Maher actually called on uh, the White House to get rid of Kamala Harris in 2024, which I think everybody would agree with. Uh, Kamala currently polling behind ISIS, uh, if you look around most polls out there. Uh, But the fact remains, Biden's not going to be on the ticket either. This is a historically unpopular president. And we already know that to be the case. Why? Because we haven't even hit the midterms yet. And every single political talk show out there is speculating about 2024. Now, understand that that doesn't happen if people are happy with the incumbent president. I agree with that. Okay, understand that. We're in garbage time right now. Like, every time you talk about, like, oh, Joe Biden's Jimmy Carter 2.0. Happy birthday, Jimmy Carter, by the way. He turned 98 over the weekend and actually acts a lot younger than Joe Biden does at whatever age he happens to be at. But the fact remains, when Jimmy Carter lost to Ronald Reagan in a landslide, he still had the support of his party 
throughout all four years of his presidency. We haven't even hit the two-year mark for Joe Biden, and 70% of Democrats don't want him running again. Get him out of here. Get him out. Which is why the conversation turns to people uh, who might want to run in 2024. You know, folks like Gavin Newsom, who has no shot because he's turned California into the world's largest outdoor restroom. And then, of course, you've got Pete Bodie Judge, who is your, you know, supposed to be managing the Department of Transportation. Uh, but as the supply chain collapsed, he was home breastfeeding on Instagram. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. And then there's one other candidate. Uh, who happens to have the fundraising advantage over everybody, and she's got plenty of energy to run because we've seen her out there on the talk show circuit every day for the last month. That, of course, is the people's pantsuit Hillary Clinton. I don't feel no ways tired. Oh, no, she is ready to go, girlfriend. And you don't have to take my word for it. Dick Morris uh, was on ABC Radio over the weekend here in New York. Um he was talking about the fact that he believes Hillary will run again in 2024. Now, I've been telling you this forever, forever, that she wants to run again. Biden created an opening for her to run again because they know, okay, that he's not running. But understand, even if you were, Hillary Clinton will be younger, okay? She is younger than Joe Biden right now, which means she will be younger than Joe Biden for the rest of her life. So you can't make the age argument against Hillary if you're trying to tell us in the same sentence that Joe Biden can run. OK, because Joe Biden is currently talking to dead people. Give Hillary, you know, all the grief you want to give her. She's not talking to dead people. OK, she might have got a few of them killed uh, through suicide air quotes. I'm being silly. Don't take this seriously. OK, but the point is she's in better physical condition than Joe Biden. Number one. Number two, and this is the big one, she's not nearly as radical as Biden has become. Why? Because Biden's not in charge. Biden got hijacked by the far left wing of his party, and they've turned this presidency into an iTunes user agreement. Just scroll to the bottom, click I agree, and we'll give you your pudding cup. But what do you mean? I, I never supported it. Listen, old man, you want the pudding cup? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, At which point he signs the iTunes user agreement and clicks, I agree. Biden's lost his marbles. He's a mess. Everybody knows that. I don't take any joy in telling you that. But understand where we are. If you ever watch sports, there's a term called garbage time. Garbage time means one team is up by so many points, so many points, that the announcers are just looking for anything else to talk about. We've emptied the bench. Okay, we've scanned the arena for attractive women in the crowd. Hubba, hubba. Okay, all of that stuff. Is there a wacky fan with his face painted? We need to talk about something. It's garbage time. Okay, garbage time traditionally happens in like the third quarter or late third quarter, early fourth quarter of a basketball game or a football game. Okay, well, the Biden presidency entered garbage time during the first quarter of the game. Okay, Afghanistan, not even it's the first year of his presidency. The most historic embarrassment on the world stage for this country in 50 years is Biden telling us on Monday the Afghan government's going to hold, we've got nothing to worry about, and the Afghan government collapsing on Tuesday? 
Okay, Biden telling us we're not going to have airlifts. This isn't going to be like, you know, Vietnam on Wednesday. And what do we have on Thursday? Airlifts. So many that Biden ultimately tries to frame this as a success by pointing out that this is the most successful airlift in the history of the United States of America. But what does he not point out? That the airlift only happened because of his idiotic policies. You are correct, sir. Guy took the troops out before the civilians. Listen, I'm not a military expert. Okay, I, the only military personnel I know are General Mills and Captain Crunch. Okay, I don't have any ranking officers to defer to here. But I understand you need the guys with the guns to be there if the guys without them are going to get out safely. Biden didn't know that. He was a career politician. They wanted the optics of getting all the troops home in time for 9-11. Okay, but sadly, what they wound up getting was a catastrophic failure. And we entered garbage time. The Biden presidency went into garbage time right after Afghanistan. His poll numbers swung by 12 points. He was inside out. He went from favorable to unfavorable. He went from there's not going to be a vaccine mandate. Remember, he had promised us there wouldn't be a vaccine mandate to bringing in a mandate. I have that proof. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But- Perhaps. Oh, wait, what? What? What do you mean? He wouldn't be mandatory. This is politics as usual. He turned around and made it mandatory. Why? Because they needed a culture war after Afghanistan. Afghanistan tanked his presidency. So he's like, how do we mobilize the base? Inflation's soaring. We're getting laughed at because the Taliban now has $85 billion worth of our weapons. Americans are still trapped behind enemy lines. I got it. We'll make everybody get vaccinated. We'll bash the right. We'll get everybody on offense. Never mind that he was previously bashing the vaccine. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. If and when the vaccine comes, it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? Do you understand? He was trashing the vaccine. And the point is to objective people to go from trashing the vaccine as a candidate to mandating as a president destroyed his credibility. Just the same as telling us Afghanistan was a success as we were watching people cling to the wheels of cargo jets to get out of the country destroyed his credibility. Just the way he said he wanted to unite the country and then got into office and said that anybody who supports voter ID is worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Worse than, you know, killing people so they don't vote. Worse than burning down their house. It was Jim Crow on steroids. He destroyed his credibility to objective people. He brought us into garbage time. Okay, declared war on fossil fuels because the far left told him to. Killed 10,000 American jobs. Sacrificed them at the altar of environmental virtue signaling by nuking the Keystone Pipeline. Okay, because the environmental left-wing wackos who hijacked his presidency told him to. All of these things contributing to soaring gas prices, our lack of energy independence, so much so that we are adversely affected by what goes on in Russia. But the fact remains, prices rose for 14 straight months in this country before Vladimir Putin sent a single troop into Ukraine. But Biden shamelessly tried to pass the buck and destroyed his credibility on that, too, by calling it what? Oh, it's Putin's price hike. Dude, inflation was at 8% when Putin went into Ukraine. Inflation's 8.3% now. 
Okay, gas had gone up 14 straight months before Putin invented, inv- you know, invaded Ukraine. Now understand, gas came down a little bit because we released our strategic energy reserves, stuff that's normally needed for, oh, you know, a war or a hurricane. Okay, now we've got a hurricane. We're on the verge of World War III, and guess what? Biden's released 80% of our strategic energy reserves, folks. That's stupid. Use your common sense. When you add all of this up, what you get is garbage time. You get that moment in the ball game where people are talking about what's next. Here is Dick Morris, as close to the Clintons as anybody anywhere in America, saying that what's next is another run for the White House from the people's pantsuit. Click three. Hillary, a week ago, a week before, said Americans do not believe in open borders. And these are all signals that she's going to be the moderate candidate for president. She's going to say after the election, see, the left cost us the House and the Senate. And if we stay with the left-wing candidate in 24, we're going to lose the White House. And I'm the only one who will tack to the center and give us a chance at victory. And believe me, she will tack to the center, okay? This is a woman who will do anything, anything to get her hands on power. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But she wouldn't be wrong to do so. I do want to acknowledge as much. The far left wing of this party is destroying the party because they're running Biden's presidency. Bill Clinton spoke out over the weekend about how we have to limit the amount of immigration we take in because it's just not sustainable. Okay, and he's talking about specifically illegal immigration. What Biden is pushing right now, what the wokesters on the left are pushing, are illegal immigrants, people who come here, okay, and don't buy into the system and pay taxes, people that live off government subsidies, okay, people who ultimately wind up raising taxes for you and for me. Thanks, big government weenuses. Okay, it's not popular and it's not safe. It's not safe for the migrants. It's not safe for our country to have a wide open border that's led to a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths here in America. Again, I say it a lot because nobody else does. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for American adults. The leading cause. Okay, it's killing kids too. Left and right should be talked about. Biden doesn't go near it because his border policy is what caused it. So Hillary Clinton, as opportunistic as anybody who's ever set foot in the political arena, knows that she can offer herself up as a compromise candidate in 2024. Biden's not running. Do you understand? He is not. He will not be running water in 2024. Okay, I promise you, he's not running. He was. He wasn't running six months ago. He can tell you he wants to run. It doesn't matter. It won't be his call. They won't even get behind him. If 70% of your own party doesn't want you to run, how do you sell that to the other party? You know, we do a cute game with babies in our house on Jenny's side of the family. You know, the old I don't want them, you take them, where two people, one of them picks up a toddler and they go, I don't want them, you take them. I don't want them, you take them. And we pass the baby back and forth and laugh and the baby laughs, gets thrown around. We're not supposed to be playing I don't want them, you take them with a president. <laughs> the Democrats, you can't stand up there at 70 percent of you don't want to vote for the guy and go, I don't want him. You take him. The Republicans are like, hell no, I ain't taking him. You take him. And back and forth and on and on. Let's go, Brandon. OK, when that chance started, it was a year ago yesterday. Let's go, Brandon. If you remember, after a NASCAR race, driver was getting interviewed and everybody in the crowd was being heard on the microphone chanting Joe Biden. And the reporter goes, oh, that's wild. They're saying, let's go, Brandon. No, no, no. They were saying, Joe Biden. 
And do you want to know why we're getting all of the speculation about Gavin Newsom and Pete Judge and Hillary Clinton? It's because everyone in the world is now chanting, Joe Biden. I admire your honesty. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the rock album that's got audiences sneaking into the country. White House Records presents Elton Joe. Twelve Elton John anthems reworked in honor of our 46th president. so good it's like a drug don't let my son smoke crack on me cause then he gets naked it always winds up on tv elton joe coming soon to a retirement home near you lost my damn mind i lost my damn mind now i can't it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be doing this show live down in Tulsa, Oklahoma this Friday, uh, live at the historic, the legendary KRMG Studios. I'll be hanging out with my man Levi May. Uh, if you're in the Tulsa area, we're having a meet and greet at the Cape Brewing Company from 4 to 6 p.m. this coming Friday. Come hang out. Saturday night, me, 96.9 The Eagle, doing a live stand-up show at the Chisholm Trail Expo Center in Enid, Oklahoma. You can get tickets for that at TicketStorm.com. Right now, the storm wrecking our economy happens to be uh, Hurricane Biden, which is just a mess. The president's speaking over the weekend about how we can afford student debt forgiveness. Okay, understand, this is the height of economic insanity. Want to know why? Because student debt forgiveness is an issue because of what? People have these soaring college debts. Why do they have soaring college debts? Because college is really expensive. Is there anything in student loan forgiveness that addresses the cost of college? The answer would be no. No, not even one thing. Not even a little. All we're doing is passing the bill for the loan from the people who took it out to the people who didn't. What a fraud. Really think about that. Okay. Oh, these poor people, they're getting screwed by student loan debt. So I've got it. We'll screw somebody else instead. Come on. This is insanity. Okay, and understand the people that are getting the bailout happen to be the upper 70% of income earners. So what are we really doing? We're not forgiving these loans, just to be clear. There's no forgiveness. The college isn't saying, ah, we don't want the money. Okay, they're saying pay us with interest. But instead of the people who took out the loan, we'll just jack the taxpayer. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. So here is Biden, okay, trying to justify this clip four. We can afford to cancel $10,000 in student debt and 20000 bucks if you had a Pell Grant. For Americans making under 125 grand. I don't want to hear a word from those members of Congress, if you notice whose family's got tens of thousands of dollars and several million dollars in pandemic relief loan forgiveness. The same ones criticizing. Give me a break. Come on. 
It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Okay, listen. When Biden says, oh, 10,000, oh, we can afford it. Woo. Great. Okay. But does anybody want to afford it? Number one, no, because we didn't take out the loans. Why why should anybody want to pay the loan of somebody else? Knowing the cost of this crap is going to keep on going up. If you care about students, okay, you don't go with a one-time fix to boost your poll numbers. We address the cost of college so it helps all of us long term. We're not doing this because we have a garbage politician in the White House who's not worried about fixing the country. He's worried about making some kind of plausible case that he should be president again. Maybe of his fantasy football league, but not this country. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Fired up to talk to this next guest. He is a superstar representative from the 1st Congressional District of Kentucky. Supposedly, he has a copy of the Hunter Biden laptop. I hope he has a hazmat suit on when he touches it. James Comer is here. Hello, Representative Comer. Hey, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, a, a copy of the Hunter Biden laptop sounds like a dicey proposition. I understand why you'd have it. But at the same time, I, I don't know. You got plenty of hand sanitizer? It's pretty rough, Jimmy. Uh, we actually have the hard drive. I know Time Magazine did a story and said I had the copy of it. Oh, it's re- you have the hard drive itself? A copy of the hard okay, drive. Okay, okay, okay. A copy of the hard drive. And, yes, we've had staff going over it and, you know, we're trying to focus on the, the bank records. I mean, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's an investigation about Biden family influence peddling. And the reason we're investigating Hunter Biden is because – not only do we know he's a national security threat, we fear that he's compromised his father. So, you know, you could spend you could spend all day and do lots of uh, documentaries that probably would uh, be X-rated about his personal life on there. But uh, with respect to <laughs> yeah. the stuff that I think matters most, yeah, we're we're really focused in on the the wire transfers, the emails and correspondence that would lead one to believe that Joe Biden's the big guy and. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Well, I think one one thing that cannot be disputed at this point is we were lied to by the president when he said he wasn't aware of his son's business dealings and they had never discussed that. Uh, in your opinion, has that hasn't that been proven patently false? Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, there, you, you have the video, the, the audio of the phone message where he was clearly keeping up with press accounts. Hunter and his foreign shady foreign business dealings. Then you also have the the emails where his business associate was also handling Joe Biden's personal finances, and he said that uh, you know that uh, Joe knew you were getting money in from this, and uh, you know you all need to transfer some funds and things like that. So you know, the bank records are probably going to be very damaging mm-hmm. to the president. Uh, that's why the Treasury Department continues to block us from access to the bank violations, which Congress used to have access to wow. until Joe Biden changed the rules. So I think that uh, there are a lot of potential issues for the Biden White House to have to address when it when it comes to uh, Republican majority, Republican oversight, because you know we're we're doing a credible, serious investigation over some very serious uh, accusations here that. 
with each passing week, more and more evidence continues to mount. This isn't an Adam Schiff investigation where he's pulling stuff out of his rear end and, and going on <laughs> CNN and MSNBC and, and lying. This is factual information with emails and audio messages and text messages. So uh-huh. once we get those bank records, we'll know a lot more. Well, that that's where it's so fascinating to me, because as far as the media is concerned, this, you know, Hunter Biden's never even owned a laptop. They don't care. They don't talk about it. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, having control of the House is going to be so pivotal, because the truth is they won't discuss this. And what I think I'm the case I try to make to all Americans is if you're a liberal Okay, the media is failing you, too, by burying this story, because if the president's compromised, we're all compromised. And it's amazing that they were willing to run with two years of Trump as controlled by Vladimir Putin with no proof at all, like you said, to back it up. But here we are with proof. I mean, we have Hunter Biden's business partner sitting down with Tucker again this week, Tucker Carlson, uh, to corroborate everything you just said. We have a living, breathing business partner. The media won't touch it. Like, in your opinion, is the media kind of failing all Americans by doing this there's no question the mainstream media has failed americans in covering the biden influence peddling and it's not just hunter biden Mm -hmm. it's the both the president's brothers i mean they have made a business of influence peddling with our adversaries it's not like they're influence peddling with k street or somewhere in downtown washington with some special interest groups these are our adversaries china Mm -hmm. uh russia some very bad people in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had some shady business dealings in the Congo. The, the Jim Biden, the brother, was uh, apparently trying to do some uh, shady business dealings in the United Arab Emirates. I mean, these aren't countries that, uh, you know, the Fortune 500 companies have normal trade relations with. These are countries that, that we have sanctions against. But yet the Bidens are allowed to, to influence pedal with them. And nothing comes out in the mainstream media about it. You know, with with Trump in Russia, there was always a rumor that he borrowed money from Russia to fund one of his golf courses. They never proved that. They never. Then they said that Russia had compromising video of yeah. of Trump with uh, a, go, a prostitute taking a golden shirt. Just crazy stuff. No evidence whatsoever to back that up. Adam Schiff said he was communicating with all these whistleblowers. Then he said he wasn't communicating with these whistleblowers. Well, there's never a whistleblower that that emerged. And you take with Hunter Biden every week, it seems like more and more damaging information comes out that not only proves that that the Biden family was influenced, but would lead one to believe that Joe Biden was right in the middle of it. Well, that, that's what's fascinating. We're talking to Representative James Comer from the great state of Kentucky. You know, when you talk about just Ukraine, okay, we're sending so much money to Ukraine, okay? And I obviously think, you know, Vladimir Putin's, you know, awful. I'm not, I'm not by any means a pro-Putin uh, person in this instance. But when I'm told there's 87,000 IRS agents coming in to audit the rest of us and look at everybody else's expenditures, is anybody keeping oversight on what happens to any of these billions of dollars getting sent to Ukraine? No. And every Republican uh, investigative body uh, in Congress has requested specific information from uh, the appropriation of those funds. You know, they'll say, "Okay, yeah, you sent 40 billion to Ukraine, 10 billion went to humanitarian relief and 20 billion went to uh, weapons. Well, you need to be more specific than that. And, And, you know, we get reports from various people in Ukraine, including Victoria Sparks, who's a uh, Ukrainian-born member of Congress, Republican from Indiana, 
who's been to Ukraine a couple of times during this conflict to visit family and, and see what's really going on there, that there's been a lot of problems getting the humanitarian relief in there, especially in the beginning. So what happened to all that money? Was it being, you know, was it ended up in Russia's hands? And we saw how they handled the withdrawal of Afghanistan. So this administration hasn't proven it's capable of doing anything complicated in a, in a foreign country. So, you know, I have a lot of concerns about where this money's actually going. And unfortunately, the Democrats have provided no detailed accounting. And what's even worse, Jimmy, is there's some Republicans that continue to vote for funding to Ukraine, even when they are like me, they don't know exactly where that money's going. It is bizarre. This this idea, it's just an item of blind faith that we're sending money to a country that has in the past been called out as one of the greatest corruption risks on the planet. And again, I'm not wishing them any ill will. I'm just pointing out the insanity of what we seem to be doing. And I make the point as, as part of a larger argument that people who live in this country right now don't feel like they're the priority. You know, whether you're talking about Ukraine or you're talking about the border or you're even talking about crime, which Democrats try to dismiss, but a lot of their policies have caused. I mean, in in the time you've spent in Congress and the time you've spent around politicians, have you ever seen such an effort to put American citizens last? Because I feel like this is historic. No, I I haven't. I've been in Congress six years. I was in the Kentucky state legislature for several years before that. And I mean, it just seems like it's an America last agenda right now with respect to energy policy, with respect to foreign policy. I mean, it's it's America last. And then you mentioned the IRS workers. They're not going to go after the tax cheats, the billionaires like like they claim. That, that's too complicated. Mm-hmm. They're going to go after the poor lady that's a waitress mm-hmm. at, at a Waffle House. Or, or you know the the, the poor guy that's a, a cattle farmer struggling to make his meat yeah. in the in the Midwest. That's who they're going to go after. They're not going to go after the the billionaires and people like that because you know they're they're audited every year. They have tax attorneys, and quite frankly, Jimmy, the tax. This is something the Democrats don't understand. They never understood this when they were talking about Trump's taxes. I was a director of a bank for many years. I've seen a gazillion tax returns, and the tax laws benefit the the big developers with the depreciation, with the tax credits. Mm-hmm. The Democrats vote for those tax laws, but they, they don't understand them mm-hmm. because a lot of these developers – because of depreciation, don't don't pay any taxes, mm-hmm. and that's that's legal. Yeah. You know what I mean? The tax laws are like every other policy in America. It seems like they they uh, they benefit the the very rich and the very poor, and the middle class get get the shaft, and, and that's. That's something the Democrats have never understood. Do they ever? I I, I have actually been audited uh, three times in full. I believe my next audit, I get. I think I get a toaster from the IRS or something like a beer koozie. <laughs> I forget exactly what yeah. it is, and I probably have to claim that as income, or I'm getting audited a fourth or fifth right. time. It's not pretty, but it's it's amazing. And listen, I. We wish you luck. Uh, We obviously want to see Republicans take control of everything in the midterms, and we all are cautiously optimistic. But, you know, we've got to a point where it's not enough to win, okay? We need to win and get stuff done. So I hope everybody else got the memo. I know you're always a no-nonsense guy, but I hope everybody else out there gets it, that that, that winning and and saying we dumped the Gatorade on the coach is not going to be enough. We need to do this stuff. 
Yeah, and that's the thing with this whole Biden influence peddling investigation. The, the objective is to determine if, in fact, Joe Biden was involved, did benefit financially, and then holding him accountable. And I, I can tell you there's enough evidence from our probes to proceed and make that a priority on day one in a, in a Republican majority. You know, so many times these big congressional hearings, as you know, Jimmy, mm-hmm. over the years, yep. they get a lot of press and then nothing happens. No one's yep. ever held accountable. Benghazi is a perfect yep. example of that. And I want to you know, make sure that anyone that's found guilty of wrongdoing from Hunter Biden to his father uh, is held accountable. Well, we'll all sign up for that. So when you guys win back the House, tell them they get one night of celebrating on the bourbon trail, and then they got to get back to work, okay? <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah. You got, you bourbon's to... flowing down here in Kentucky. It, it always is. Every time, you, every time we get on the phone, this is what happens. You either talk to me about food or booze, and my whole day goes sideways. So I'm glad <laughs> we stayed focused uh, for the majority of this hang. Uh, keep up That's the good right. work, brother. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Jimmy. You too, my man. There he goes, Representative James Comer, who I got to tell you, man, sitting on a copy of that Hunter Biden laptop. Hunter's a dirtbag. I really want you to measure this. Okay. We spent three years. Three. We talk about conspiracy theories. You shouldn't be allowed on Twitter. It's a conspiracy theory. You're saying COVID originated in a Wuhan lab. We've shut down your account. That's a conspiracy. Wrong. Okay, every single self-respecting person in the world now believes COVID originated in a Wuhan lab. But again, they called it a conspiracy theory and banned you from saying it. Hunter Biden's laptop. It's Russian disinformation. We're banning it from Twitter because it's a conspiracy. Wrong. Okay, understand of vaccinated people, they don't get COVID. Saying vaccinated people get COVID is a conspiracy. We're back. Wrong. Okay, understand, when the Democrats yell conspiracy, they're always full of it. And it's always an exercise in projection. Why? Because they're guilty of the biggest conspiracy of our lifetime. The Democrats told you, with no evidence... That Vladimir Putin had seized control of our country. He was now in charge of our country from the Kremlin because he had footage of Donald Trump hanging out with some hookers. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But that's what he told us. That's what the Democrats told us for three years. You talk about conspiracies. Oh, the QAnon. I don't know any Republicans anything about QAnon. Okay, I know people who know about Qbert, the video game from the 80s. I don't know anybody who knows about QAnon. Stop it. Okay, Susie Q's. I look like I got paid in Susie Q's, but not QAnon. But the point is, the biggest conspiracy of our lifetime is that Vladimir Putin controlled our government. And everybody lecturing you about the dangers of conspiracies and misinformation can be heard right here. Okay? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Think about that, okay? It was stolen. Vladimir Putin's in charge. They hack the voting machines. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates 
Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. Forty-three percent of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year, hackathon. where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. This is the woman who wants you to believe that calling 2020 a stolen election is treason. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you, you got to watch Tucker Carlson this week. Uh, not because I'm going to be on. I'm heading down to Oklahoma. I don't know what I'm going to be on. But I do know Tony Bobolinsky is going to be back on. He is, of course, Hunter Biden's business partner, the guy who told us Biden was getting a 10% kickback on all the transactions. Are you the big man, Joe? The prediction here, just so you understand is the media is not touching this. The Democrats aren't touching this. They've got 36 days to go until the midterms. Okay, they are locked in on calling you a white supremacist if you don't vote for them. They don't want to talk about corruption or Biden or conflicts of interest or anything in between. But when this midterm is over and Biden has cost the Democrats everything, okay, the media included will become very transactional about this story. And you could, in fact, see a world where the media is finally willing to discuss Hunter Biden because they're going to want to distance themselves from Joe Biden. This is the thing. Everybody in the media who overlooked this story said they wouldn't share the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was Russian disinformation. They knew that wasn't true. Okay, the minute the election was over, the New York Times and the Washington Post both ran op-eds saying the laptop was real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. So you understand, they were covering for Biden because they needed to win an election. Okay, this time around, they know he's not the guy to win the next election. He will have lost a historic level of seats in the House during this election, at which point the transactional media might start covering the scandal because they don't need the guy anymore. Okay, they do this from time to time. And if you don't believe me, you can look back a few months and ask my former governor, that dirtbag pervert, guy by the name of Hansy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We are over here at Fox News headquarters, the world famous, internationally renowned, where all the big TV shows happen. Radio's going down, Fox Nation, Fox Weather, Fox Sports, it's all here. Samantha Fox, the 90s club sensei, it's all here. 
Okay, and we got a big hour. A lot of media going down because Joe Concha, who is, of course, a media columnist at The Hill and a Fox News contributor, is going to be joining the show. He's got a new book out about a guy by the name of Joe Biden. Okay, and Joe Biden in this hour, okay, in the crosshairs, in the crosshairs politically, because we've got new polling out. First poll we had a month ago was what? 70 percent of Democrats don't want Biden to run. There's a there's a kinder poll (laughs) that's out today that says 56 percent of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again in 2024. Get him out of here. Get him out. Nobody likes the guy. Nobody's happy with the guy. And knowing that to be the case, what the Democrats are up against in this moment, and it's, it's very rare in our country that we've had this sort of thing happen, is traditionally if you're the incumbent party, there's no discussion about who the nominee is going to be in the upcoming election because you are the incumbent, which means the incumbent's going to run. Traditionally, that would be the case. But in this instance... We have something unprecedented in that everybody knows Biden's not going to run. So the media, the people who show for the Democrats, are in a very precarious spot right now because they find themselves having to go on offense extra early in 2024, which is why they're already attacking Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis hasn't said he's running for president. okay? but the presumption is that he will because Florida is the most popular state in the country in terms of migration. More people are moving to Florida than any other state on the planet. We've got this obvious historic storm that they happen to be recovering from down there. So the media has spent all week trying to uh, attack Ron DeSantis. Why? Because they want to damage him now. So when they do, in fact, have a Democratic candidate to shill for, okay, they may have already sowed some seeds of doubt into the eyes of the voter. Bingo. So let's start here, okay? because I played these earlier in the show. And DeSantis counterpunching against reporters, a CNN reporter, okay, asked him about evacuation orders. They were trying to cook up a fake controversy saying DeSantis should have evacuated Lee County earlier than he did. Although at the time, just to be clear, there were no reporters in Lee County, as DeSantis points out in this clip. Why? Because all of the data, all of the meteorologists were telling them it wasn't going to get hit the way it did. This is clip 10. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry stationed uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. Now, I'm bringing this up again for a very specific reason. It's not just to point out that the media is going on offense against DeSantis, trying to cook up a controversy where there isn't one. Yes, they do have that concern. But there's a bigger point to be made here, okay? And it's that these people who predict the weather for a living, okay? The meteorologists, the weather apps, the weather channels. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the CNN reporter who's there questioning Ron DeSantis about where the storm hit, okay, and is now dealing with the reality that they all thought it was going to hit Tampa, and and thankfully, at least for Tampa anyway, The cone of the storm didn't hit it the way we were predicted. Point being, everybody in the media was wrong. Okay, they were wrong. Why is that significant? Because the people who on Tuesday could not predict Wednesday's weather want you to believe that they know so much about climate change. They can predict the weather 
50 years from right now as I talk to you. They're crazy. I don't even know that they're crazy enough to believe it. I just think it's a valuable political cudgel, one that happens to be their number one fundraiser. When they say things about climate change, as you know, they're always really saying, please give us money. Okay, but again, twofold problem right now for the media. One, they want to trash DeSantis because they see him as a potential 2024 guy. Here is Joy Reid talking about all this earned media. Clip 17. I worked in politics for a while, um, but I think you understand it better than I do, is that there are two kinds of ways to run for office. There is paid media, where you purchase an ad, you purchase sure. ad time on TV, you you know send out postcards, everything like that's paid media. And then there's earned media. Earned media sure. is way more valuable. It's far more valuable. It's when you can get unpaid Media. It's when you can get the media to pay attention to you and to watch you doing something that's only positive, where there's no negative spin attached to it, where you don't have to pay for it. It's not an ad. That was like yeah. huge earned media. And I think DeSantis understands that the earned media that he gets from doing these press conferences is very valuable to him politically. Let's just be clear. Right. Am I wrong? Am I right sure. about that? Joy Reid is a race baiting loser. Let me jump in here. OK, she's bothered. Oh, look at DeSantis. He's doing all these updates. He's getting all the CERN media. Dude, it's his job. He's the governor. It's like she's mad that the guy has the opportunity to get out there and showcase his leadership skills. If Ron DeSantis is the Klansman you claim he is, shouldn't you be glad that he's being exposed, that his leadership flaws are being highlighted? For all of the world to see. I think he's got a point. Okay, but the truth is they don't believe anything they're telling you, whether it's about climate change, whether it's about DeSantis being a, in the Klan. Let me give you this, okay? Joy Reid, she didn't say this. She tweeted this over the weekend, and it's stunning when you call her a race-baiting buffoon, okay? DeSantis said over the weekend... Okay, that when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Okay, I would not chance looting if I were you, given that we are a Second Amendment state. And what is he doing in that moment? He's trying to protect business owners. He's trying to protect law-abiding citizens. When he says that, okay, this is a Second Amendment state. I wouldn't attempt to loot our stores. These people have the right to shoot you. Now, understand Ron DeSantis has two groups of people to choose between, okay? The group that's following the law and running small businesses and the group that might potentially want to rob them. I promise you, objective observers of politics, sane people, would rather a leader who sides with the law-abiding business owner than the person who wants to rob them. Correct the mundo. But Joy Reid... Okay, tweets that DeSantis and his warning, oh, my, oh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, she says. That was segregationist Miami Sheriff Walter E. Headley, 1967. Didn't take DeSantis long to return to form. What would you do with a brain if you had one? So Ron DeSantis is a segregationist. If he supports these law-abiding store owners against the actual, okay, people who might rob them. I will repeat Lincoln's prior statement. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Okay, understand. 
Okay, what Ron DeSantis was saying there. Hey, don't don't loot our stores. Okay, this is his warning. I can tell you in the state of Florida, you never know what may be lurking behind someone's home. And I would not want to change that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. Okay, those are his words. Joy Reid then says, no, he's a segregationist. Walter E. Headley didn't take him long to return the form. A segregationist, man. And do you realize how disgusting that is to try to tarnish everyone as a racist with no basis in fact? But we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you tell, oh, look at Ron DeSantis, he's a segregationist. A lot of people are dumb enough to buy into that. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people are as intellectually lazy as Joy Reid is, and they run with this narrative. Oh, look at segregate. No. Okay? You're also making the assumption, Joy Reid, that black people don't own businesses. Think about that. Well, if he's sticking up for the business owner, that must mean white people. This is what Democrats think of minorities. They think they infantilize them. You're not capable of getting a voter ID. Asking a minority to get an ID, that's voter suppression. This guy's sticking up for business owners. Come on, man. Only white people own businesses. This guy must be racist for sticking up for the business owners. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but there's no idea stupider, no idea dumber anyway than what they're trying to do to push climate change, okay? They want this storm to be a political referendum on Republicans. Oh, Republicans caused the storm. Because you understand, we can control the weather. If it wasn't for the Republicans, we'd be able to control the weather. I mean, it's bananas. But they keep doing it over and over. Here is Joy Joy Reid, okay? It is so bananas. This is clip 16. When New York and New Jersey face the exact same tragedy, I mean, literally, the subways yeah. in New York were flooded. People were, could have drowned in the subway. When Ron DeSantis had the opportunity to make that decision and say, well, should the people of New York and New Jersey, who were hit by a catastrophic hurricane, they weren't even used to, they're not even in Florida, they're not used to hurricanes, right. he said no. That shouldn't happen. He, Marco Rubio, and other Tea Party um, members, uh, Senate no, and House, didn't. said they shouldn't have that money. It's too expensive. And now, as you said, he's now got to go hat in hand yeah, yeah, to Joe Biden for a. Right. It's something he didn't even believe in as a Tea Partier. I wanted to play. That. I played that. I wanted to play that second. Let me play the climate change part first because it's just so bananas. And then we'll get into this whole. They voted against climate change relief. No, they didn't. Okay, let me tell you exactly what happened. There were two bills put forth in response to Hurricane Sandy. The first one had all kinds of pork that wasn't related to the actual storm relief. Okay, the first bill, the bill, the bill Rubio voted against, the bill DeSantis voted against. They voted against it because it had hundreds of millions of dollars that didn't go towards storm relief. So they demanded a pared down bill, at which point they voted for it. Since I brought it up, here's Marco Rubio explaining that clip 12. After Hurricane Sandy hit northeastern states in 2012, you voted no on a 50 Mm -hmm. billion dollar relief package. I know you supported a smaller version, but why should other senators vote for relief for your state when you didn't vote for a package to help theirs? 
Oh, I've always voted for hurricane and disaster relief. I've even voted for it without pay for us. What I didn't vote for in Sandy is because they had included things like a roof for a museum in Washington, D.C., for fisheries in Alaska. It had been loaded up with a bunch of things that had nothing to do with disaster relief. And I wouldn't support disaster relief uh, efforts. I would never put out there that we should go use a disaster relief package for Florida as a way to pay for all kinds of other things people want around the country. So I think that's the key in moments like this. And, and Sandy, unfortunately, they loaded it up. They really did with well, a bunch of things that had nothing to do with Sandy. But I voted for every disaster relief package, especially the, that's clean. And I'll continue right. to do so. When it comes to Florida, I'll do that again. And we'll make sure that that package is clean and doesn't have stuff for other people in there. <laughs> do you hear what the but? Uh, duh, uh, because they have this, listen. Democrats, again, again, they're just selling emotion. So they say, oh, how look, they want disaster relief now. They didn't want it when New Jersey needed it, when a blue state needed it. No, not at all. Okay, but that's what they hand people. That's what they inject into the bloodstream. Oh, look at these hypocrite Republicans. They voted against storm relief for other people. Now they want it for themselves. No, the first Bill put forth for Sandy, as every Democratic bill is, does not prioritize the issue. Like, understand, we're doing this after passing an Inflation Reduction Act that the Democrats are crowing about as the greatest climate change bill we've ever passed. Okay, does the bill reduce inflation? The answer would be no. Okay, the bipartisan Congressional Budget Office. Okay, the Joint Congressional Committee. Both, both decreeing that this bill will not reduce inflation. Yet the Democrats sold us an Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, so understand these are a people very capable of titling a bill one thing and using it to do another. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But the bigger issue here is what? That they're trying to tarnish Rubio. They're trying to tarnish DeSantis, whether it's about climate change or relief or evacuation orders, because again and again, one side is trying to recover from the storm. The other side is trying to recover from historically low poll numbers. And it's not going to happen with this tact of approach. You gotta do better than that. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. One of the things we talked about last week uh, on Friday was the fact that nobody, nobody in the media covered the fact that Joe Biden had gone full sixth sense and was talking to dead people at a press conference last week. Well, we made it all the way to Sunday. Here is Howard Kurtz, Howie Kurtz, the legend, host of Media Buzz, uh, pointing out that MSNBC and CNN never once ever did not air any acknowledgement that Biden was looking for a woman in the room who's no longer with us. Here it is, clip 23. By the way, MSNBC completely ignored it. CNN completely ignored it on the air, did run a couple of online articles. I mean, think about that. A couple online articles. Do we get anything, anything at all on the airwaves? The answer would be no. Nope. Okay. They don't go near it. Yo, we have a president 
who is talking to dead people. It's not ideal. You can't tell me it's a slip. The president, if you remember, issued a statement back in August, you know, acknowledging the fact that she was no longer with us tragically, Representative Jackie Walorski. Okay, they held a ceremony at the White House this past Friday in which they dedicated a federal building uh, in her name. Her family was present, but it was closed uh, to media. They wouldn't release, you know, photos or anything in between. Okay, but the point is the media fails all Americans when they take these positions. They fail all Americans. Why? Because if you got a president whose elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor, that means somebody else is in charge. Somebody we didn't vote for is in charge. Okay, and it means our world leaders. Okay, they watch Joe Biden talk to dead people. They watch him fall three times on the way up the stairs to Air Force One. They've seen him shake hands with invisible men. Okay, they don't take their cues from CNN and MSNBC. They watch the videos just like you and me and draw the same conclusions. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And I'm just telling you, man, the point of my radio show, whatever amount of time you're lucky enough to have one, is you're trying to use it to, you know, have conversations with people that are real conversations. Okay, not political conversations, real conversations. We all live in the same country. We spend so much time fighting for control of this country that we forget that whoever winds up winning this Roman Colosseum political blood sport we call an election, uh, we still wind up under the rule of that person. Okay, and in this instance, uh, the person uh, is in a bad spot. And it would benefit all of us to have that conversation. That's where I tell you the media fails liberals, too, just the way they failed you on the Hunter Biden story. Okay, if Joe Biden is compromised financially from Ukraine or anything else Hunter Biden got into, then we're all compromised. Just the same as if Joe Biden uh, has an engine running with nobody behind the wheel, then we all got a big problem. So if you are going to defend him, I don't know how. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the horror film that's ruining the country. Joe Biden stars in The 46th Sense. I see dead people. Our 46th president has lost his mind, and he's communicating with the dead. Jackie, are you here? And if that weren't scary enough, his stupid staffers thinks it's fine. That is not an unusual, uh, unusual scenario there. Democrats have always had spending problems, but this senile senior is sending a stack of dead presidents to dead people. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential this week. The 46th cents. Pay them more. Now playing at the White House and coming soon to a 25th Amendment near you. Wow. M. Night Shyamalan talking about the Biden phenomenon of holding White House seances in front of everybody's eyes. But nobody had a word about it in the media. Although this next guest, to his credit, has written a whole book about the supernatural phenomenon known as the Biden presidency. He is, of course, our superstar Fox News contributor, a friend of ours, if ever there was one. Joe Concha returns to the program. Yo, man. Come on, man. 
Thank you for that introduction. You got my Venmo, and it's good to see it's still working. <laughs> there it is. Uh, the book, everyone should know this, is called Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency. And to be clear, the book was written before he pulled out the Ouija board at the White House. <laughs> I, I've used both of those analogies. They're on the same page. I've used Ouija board, and I, I said, you know, unless you're the kid from the Sixth Sense, you know, you don't talk to dead people. And and, and the best part about this has been Corrine Jean-Pierre's reaction. Where she says, oh, you know, there, there's nothing abnormal about this. Or, you know, she, the, the congresswoman was top of mind. It, I just can't get my head around the fact. They just can't say, look. Names are written for him uh, on a piece of paper. All these people that are involved in this bipartisan bill. Mm-hmm. There's 538 members of Congress. And if you publicly speak enough once in a while, uh, you may get something wrong. So the president apologizes. Uh, we apologize to the family. And that would have been it. Yep. You know, we could have moved on from this. Yep. Maybe we could have moved on from this. But, I mean, you see Colbert and Fallon and Myers and Kimmel all ignore this. Yep. I mean – if anything ever wrote itself for late night comedy, this was it. But only one guy, I believe, talked about this, and his initials are GG. Yes, it was. And you know what's so fascinating about that? Our, our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. This is why he's. This is why he wins, though. I mean, the truth is, the people on the left with their shows. Because all of the good targets are off limits to them. Like Trevor Noah is a terrible guy. I mean, he's just so wooden. Like Trevor Noah is where Disney's Hall of Presidents go to feel charismatic. But he's terrible. But the point is, I do think they'd all be better if they were allowed to shoot at the good targets. The problem they have right now is like literally the craziest stuff going on in the country happens to be in charge of the country and they're not shooting at the target because this is like 20 years ago. This is a week worth of Jay Leno monologues or Letterman monologues just the same. Easily. Jimmy, and, and and here's the thing that, that just gets me nuts. So I write this book, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to run into a lot of competition because this is a sitting president. He's polling lower than any first-term president in polling history. There are There is so much, again, material to work with here as far as Joe Biden's life failing upwards all the way to a place where only 46 people have occupied, and that's the Oval Office. And then I look around the literary landscape, and there are 15 books that either have come out about Trump recently or will be coming out <laughs> ahead of the midterms from the Maggie Habermans of the world or the Jonathan Carls of the world who have written now multiple books on Trump. And you know how many books are coming out or have come out on Joe Biden? One. Mine. You're talking to the author. I mean, that's what's amazing. All these journalists, if I hear one more time that our job is to speak truth to power without fear or favor to party. No, it's not. (laughs) It's it's to talk about the guy not in power in Trump instead of the guy currently Pulling all the levers, student loan forgiveness, spending trillions to lower inflation. That's the game plan, apparently. And I could go on and on, and no one's writing about him or talking about him uh, because, well, they just are completely and totally fixated on the guy who left 21 months ago. Thank you. Uh, Joe Concha, okay, Breaking Barriers, uh, the new book, fantastic, a must-buy, a must-read. It's called Come On, Man. The truth about Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. And uh, you are right, though, uh, that nobody cares. And this is what I find so fascinating about the Trump thing. I'm amazed it works. What I mean by that is the Democrats control the Senate, the House. They control the presidency. Okay, we're almost two years into this thing. How the hell does any self-respecting person buy the Trump excuse? But they do. You know what I mean? There is a percentage of people that buy it. What do you think it is? They always say people on the right are in a cult, which obviously we're not. Are they in a cult? That's what I want to know. 
deflection the, is the only word that comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. That, in other words, if if you're a good journalist, right, and mm-hmm. you're Jim Acosta, for example, right, and and that guy couldn't run faster from the briefing room the yeah. minute a Democrat was elected. All right, I'm <laughs> out of here. I can't ask obnoxious questions of a Democrat or that yeah. their press secretary. No way. Mm-hmm. So so he leaves. But but let's say you know he was doing his job. You would then say, okay, the main stories, particularly as they pertain to the midterms and what matters to people most. Like if you look at Gallup and they say, all right, what are your most important concerns that you're voting on in this election? And by far, in a way, it's inflation mm-hmm. and it's the economy in general and wages and so on. And all those things are bad for Joe Biden and bad for Democrats. Number two is crime, mm-hmm. right? And when have we ever heard Joe Biden as president talk once about these cashless bail laws that you live in New York, Jimmy, yep. you know how it is there. Mm-hmm. And then I see it too coming in there on a daily basis uh, where, where the same criminals are committing, not just, you know, I'm robbing the CVS of you know, shampoo over and over again, like violent criminals are being put back out on the street to hurt or even kill people. And no one's doing anything about this, particularly the president who can speak out about it and say enough is enough. If you commit a violent crime, you go to jail and that's it. So uh, if we had journalists that were actually covering things like, I don't know, the U.S. southern border, which it's like walking into a 7-Eleven, you see these uh, all these people walking across right into our country. And oh, yeah, all that fentanyl that's coming along with it that is killing, what, 300 people a day in overdoses. That's like a plane crashing every day and we're not doing anything about it so uh, again they get away with it to a certain extent by making this these midterms a referendum on donald trump a referendum on people who voted for him and i think they think that's going to work and to a certain extent it has because the media is going right along with it but in the end people aren't reading what the media is putting into a newspaper or seeing what they're putting on cnn or msnbc they're seeing their paychecks they're seeing their 401ks and they're seeing crime on the local news which still does a good job on a daily basis and they're saying enough is enough uh, time for some uh, some new new coaching staff no question I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Howard Beale joining us on the show. Uh, Jeez, I feel like him. Can we talk about something fun in the book? (laughs) Well, let's talk about something fun in the book, Concha. Corn Pop. Uh, I know. Let's go, Corn Pop. Take it away. What do we know about Corn Pop that we didn't know when this book uh, had not yet been penned? I'm not sure people really know the true backstory. They they always saw that famous uh, soundbite from yeah, Biden Pop saying a uh, corn pop was a what, what was it a something dude a, a bad, bad dude, dude. Yeah. right right. But then people don't know quite what he was talking about, like what the backstory is. Mm-hmm. So I did a whole chapter on this after yeah. really digging into it because it's really that good. So at 19. Biden decides that he wants to be a lifeguard, but he wants to be a lifeguard at a pool in a predominantly black community. Mm -hmm. And he says in his book, I did it because I wanted to get to know the black community better, which is how every 19-year-old home from college looking for a job is thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes to work for this pool. He's a lifeguard. And Corn Pop, this is an actual person, Mm -hmm. is the leader of a gang called the Romans. Because this isn't Chicago or Los Angeles, Watts, you know, Crips, Mm -hmm. Bloods. No, they're the Romans. It's a more civilized gang, I guess, because it's Wilmington, Delaware. And their leader is a guy who sounds like a breakfast cereal, right? So that's Corn Pop. So so Corn Pop decides one day, and and all the gang members go to the pool, and they're playing like Sharks and Minnows and Marco Polo. And and, and Corn Pop says, I'm going to do a cannonball off the uh, the high dive here. Mm -hmm. And he goes up, and then suddenly this lifeguard, who, you know, you would think is David Hassel, 
Hasselhoff. Actually, he morphs into Clint Eastwood and starts screaming at Corn Pop. Says, you don't have the proper swimwear on. You're not wearing a bathing cap. Get the hell off that diving board. Who do you think you are? Esther Williams, who was a big female swimmer at the time. Yeah. So basically, Biden, Jimmy, has, has undressed now and humiliated the leader of a gang in front of all of his gang members in the pool. So then after work, Biden's going out to the parking lot. And he kind of peeks out and he sees that they are waiting for him. Of course they are. And they got long razors with them. Basically, they're going to shiv him, right? Uh-huh. So Biden's like, what do I do? So he goes back in. And he gets the thing that separates the low end from the deep end, right? And walks out with it. Goes right up to Corn Pop and says, I will not apologize for making you wear the proper swim attire. But I will apologize for calling you Esther Williams. And Corn Pop kind of looks him up and down and says, okay, we're good. And walks away. And if you believe that ever happened, you're freaking insane. You are dead if this happens in the Bronx or Watts. It's over or at least you're in a coma something. But nothing happened. And, of course, no one can confirm this because Corn Pop, the real guy, died in 2016. Of course he did. He's like the guy. He's like the Amtrak guy that Biden always goes up to. And he talked to me on the train. And that guy died 10 years before Biden became vice president. Is it Joey, crazy? Yeah. Joey, you're back on the train. Again, another dead person he's talking to. And, and here's the thing, Jimmy, and why the book is so important, I think. Because when Joe Biden was vice president, that's a symbolic position. There's no real power there. Mm-hmm. And when he was a senator, he was one of 100 in, 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 in that chamber, right? Not a lot of power there. Now he controls a lot of stuff. Yep. And he's basically the leader of the free world. And this is why we should be very, very concerned that this guy, if he runs for a second term, you'll get the 85-year-old version oh, of Joe Biden. Gosh. Forget the 79-year-old version. And that should scare people yeah and i think it does there's listen man there's no world where he runs again i saw like bill maher over the weekend you know he said oh you know he's got to get rid of kamala she's so unpopular but bill maher still he's a strategist he tries he tries of course to hold on to you know democrat sensibilities by making the simultaneous case that biden is an incumbent he's powerful and he's popular so i don't think we're going to get rid of him but we should get rid of kamala you know biden is not popular in his party this is unprecedented where you've got a president that's 70 percent of his own party doesn't want him to run again or whatever the new number is. I've seen 56 percent. I've seen 71 percent. The point is your own party telling you not to run is a sign that you're probably not running. Never mind that he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. I just don't yeah. think there's any world where he runs. I mean, is Joe Biden is Joe Biden cruel enough to make him do this again? Boy, it's kind of like. I think it was Jesse Waters who made this analogy where you want to tell grandpa that he can't drive anymore because he's a danger to himself yeah, and other yeah. people on the road. And then grandpa ain't giving up that those keys very easily. He's going to clutch onto him tighter. But when he said two weeks ago, and I, I think this kind of got overlooked a little bit too much, when he said it remains to be seen that he's going to run for president again, he says it at a place like 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, that that wasn't a gaffe, and that wasn't by accident. That That's him, I think, laying the groundwork, to your point. Because yeah. once, once the Republicans take back the House, Jimmy, mm-hmm. what happens? They're yeah. going to launch investigations into Hunter Biden, the laptop, and who the hell was the big guy that was getting 10% exactly, and that will convince him in a hurry to say, you know what, all right, I'm going to take the spotlight off myself. And then here's the good news for you and your ratings, which are already incredible. Then 28 Democrats will jump in and run for president. You say, oh, gosh, he's he's exaggerating, he's making a joke. No, that's how many ran last time. They had to do debates over two nights. So you're going to have 28 on that side. And if Trump doesn't run, then forget about it. Probably another 28 on the Republican side. And, boy, those will be some easy rundowns to to do for the show. That's for sure. It's going to be a cinch every day. It's going to be like, Hillary said what? And that's all it's going to (laughs) be. She is so coming back. That's your next book. Okay. Uh, is yep. Hillary is Hillary challenging the legitimacy of the 2024 election when she loses the next oh. Russia probe? 
Yeah, and I'm going to call it the death of shame. I think that'll be it. I'll <laughs> have your photo on there, and uh, I'll say you. thank you for letting me borrow that. That's all I, I, I hope the, I hope you do have a book coming out. I mean, this has to be happening, It's right? it's Listen, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going yes. on. Stand-up specials, books, everything in between. Um, you know, right now, you have the floor, okay? The book is called Come On, Man, The Truth About Joe Biden's Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Presidency, and Conchin Needs to Move Product, okay? This book is flying off shelves, okay? But we just had a week of betting NFL football games, so you might need oh. to plug this book a little extra today. I, I always, I can tell, I can tell how your football bets do based on the yeah. amount of book media hits you have scheduled. Do you know that? Well... That's that's kind of true. I mean, <laughs> I really didn't think that the Chiefs would put up more than forty on the Tampa defense on the road, <laughs> for example. A, the point is, and who is dumb enough to say, you know what? I like the Lions this week. Who in their right mind could actually say something like that? What, I'm, I did. what I'm trying to say is, you can see Joe Concha on every TV and radio show in the Northern Hemisphere between now and tomorrow. <laughs> if you if yeah. you liked this, just stay tuned to whatever you're listening on. He'll be back to sell a book. Unless, of course, the Rams and 49ers have an underwhelming game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? I just Al Michaels the show. I'll tell Mikey to be ready for a media request from you in the morning just in case. Yes, it's coming probably <laughs> when it's a 54-51 final. So thank you. <laughs> Good luck, man. You're the best, thank Concha. You. See you, brother. There he goes, the great Joe Concha, the book. Come on, man. The truth about Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. And I think everybody would agree, okay, this entire White House is filled with people who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. We're going to be doing this in Oklahoma this Friday. We're going down to Tulsa. We'll be hanging out at KRMG Studios with Levi May and the gang. Uh, we're doing a meet and greet at the Cape Brewing Company after the show. Uh, if you want tickets for that, get on the KRMG app. Come hang out with the radio buddy. It's going to be rowdy. Saturday night, we are in Enid, Oklahoma with the fine folks in 96.9 The Eagle. That is a live stand-up show at the Chisholm Trail Expo Center. Tickets for that at TicketStorm.com. Looking ahead to tomorrow. The word on the street is Tony Bobolinsky, Hunter Biden's business partner, is sitting down with Tucker Carlson again. Oh, I'm in trouble. And he very well may be. OK, and we'll discuss this at great length tomorrow. Uh, we have Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake coming on the show. That's a wild one. She gave a master class, a master class over the weekend in shutting down reporters. OK, who tried to frame her as some kind of a lunatic on her abortion stance. She simply asked the reporter, hey, hey, don't ask me about being pro-life. Here's the direct quote. It's so fascinating. I want you to ask Katie Hobbs, my opponent, what her abortion position is. She goes, because I'll tell you her abortion position. She supports abortion right up until birth and after. She supports if a baby survives a botched abortion that the baby can die in a cold metal tray. Gruesome. None of you ever try to get her to talk about her stance. So get back to me. After you do, is what she said to the reporter. The force is strong with this one. It's very strong, and I'm excited to talk to her about it, because all I want to do, all I want to do with this show, okay, is have real, honest conversations. My job is not to win elections. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. Activism takes a lot of energy. You got to get out there. You got to go to the rallies. Dude, I'm not showing up to your rally. Would you stop it? 
I'll do stand-up shows. I'll certainly hit the bar afterwards. And Lord help us all if there's a buffet anywhere nearby. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Stop it. I have gone through life fat, drunk, and stupid, and it has paid handsome dividends. It has been a wonderful time. Uh, So I would say tomorrow, between Bobolinsky and Carrie Lake, we're getting to this really fascinating place. We'll be 35 days from the midterms. Okay, at a time when the Democrats are really, really trying to make this a Trump thing, even though they control the White House, they control the Senate, they control the House of Representatives. They want the midterms to be about Trump and ultra MAGA and mega MAGA, MAGA light, MAGA Arctic blast, MAGA ice. They're like weird Gatorade flavors. Okay, because they really don't want to talk in their actual records. Tomorrow is going to be a heavy day of Democratic records. Okay, whether it's their position on extreme abortion or the fact that Hunter Biden's actual business partner, the name on all the emails, he is a guy that has flat out corroborated the fact that not only did Joe Biden lie to us about whether or not he did business with his son and knew what his son was up to. But he said so is the guy on the emails. This isn't some anonymously sourced bombshell like the Mueller probe, like Adam Schiff, the guy who had definitive proof of Russian collusion but could never show it to ourselves. us. You know, he had the really hot girlfriend, but she doesn't live around here. No, no, no. We're going to meet the real girlfriend. This is a real day of honest conversation. And I'm excited to bring it to you, damn it. So get your game face on and be back here same time tomorrow. Until then, the show's over. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.